It's Monday, November 29th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, the real reason George left the band, J.P. Shadrick. Uh, welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon. After a Week 12 Jaguars loss to the Atlanta Falcons, here's what's coming up on the show today. CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco standing by. Pride of the Jaguars left tackle Tony Baselli allegedly in Washington. Reviewing Week 12, of course, 21-14. The Falcons held off the Jaguars' hope for a late rally. A lot of mistakes in the game yesterday. Jumping off sides on fourth and two. A leverage call took field goal off the board. The next play, a touchdown. The offense inconsistency continues. We'll get plenty of social media questions. And we'll go around the NFL in Week 12. Well, yesterday, 21-14 the final. Falcons got the win. The Jaguars got it a 14-0 hole early in the game. And then early in the third quarter, it was 21-3. The Jags fought back to make it a seven-point game. And then later had the ball in their hands on the final drive to try to at least tie the game. They turned it over on downs, and the comeback bid was thwarted. 21-14 the final. The Jags now have dropped their third in a row. Urban Meyer after the game Sunday, breaking it all down. Yeah, they fought their tails off, and, uh, you know, we couldn't. 84 is a really good player for them, and uh, he hurt us early. And then uh, offense, we moved the ball a little bit, not uh, just – no big plays, you know, just none. And then all of a sudden we start getting some. And you, you know, this is a, offensive football is a big play. You know, not many teams can drive the length of field without a hit here and there. And we had some hits and scored, so, you know, scored a couple of times. I was really proud of Tavon, who's been in this league for a long time. I just love who he is, what he stands for, and he competes. And, and same with Treadwell. You know, we're for, you know, these guys are starting for the Jaguars now and they're competing their tails off. That's Urban Meyer after the game, and we welcome in Pete Briscoe and Tony Baselli now on this Monday afternoon. Pete, good afternoon. Another L. Yeah, what's up, uh, 71, since we don't call people by their names anymore? <laughs> that 85 is a good player. Uh, yeah, his name's <laughs> Patterson. <laughs> Cordella Patterson. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, uh, be- Look, it was a bad performance again. It's a bad football team. We know that. It's the same, as Tony said, it's the same story every Monday. But we're watching the game in the green room, and they put up Baselli's picture. And they went to you. They went, A, they went to you in the booth. What the hell was that about? I, we didn't have the sound I, up. I, what was it? They didn't tell me. I didn't know. I was just sitting there. I yeah. didn't realize so, it until I was on, on the air. I think they were talking about the Hall of Fame semifinalists who were announced, I'm guessing. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah he, I was half surprised he didn't pick his nose when it was on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> or, or better yet, JP, dig into a pile of chips or something. Yeah. Right? Hit the cough button, shovel it in. Yeah. Well, cool. yeah, no, it was yeah. like old home week because they showed that. Then later on in the game, they showed Brunel. What was, and I, what was that one, JP? That was the Falcons as the 96 missed field goal, uh, Morton Anderson, re- rewind kind of deal. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. They went back in time. They did. <laughs> I think they wish they could go back in time because that team would be favored by a touchdown over this one. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's yeah, bad, it's a, man. It's bad. It's a bad team right now. I mean, as we, I mean, 
you know, we, the three of us exchange text messages every week, you know, in preparation for the show. And my comment was, and you just said it, Pete, you know, same story, different show. I mean, it's just like, I mean, at some point, I mean, you could, you know, what we have said the last several weeks is pretty much the same thing outside of a couple highlights, you know, the past, you know, over the last month of where how the defense has played at a high level at certain times and for certain games it played great. Offensively, we can't score points. Um, and Urban's right. There's no big plays. There's no consistency. Um, a lot was made up, made about it in the week. I think Pete Urban must have listened to our show because he said, you know, after a uh, thorough audit of the offense, there were, the offense isn't very creative. I know that probably put a <laughs> smile on your face. It did. Um, it did. And the reality is, and then, you know, Daryl Bevel came back and said, well, creative is when you're moving the ball and scoring points. I mean, he's right, too. It's amazing. You know, I mean, Pete, think back to Sean McVay. He was like the genius, amazing, creative offensive mind. And the reason he was is because he had Todd Gurley and they could run the ball as well as anybody and play action pass off of it. You know, when you do certain things well, you can get creative and you can do things. And when you have players that can make plays and, you know, beyond the X's and O's, you look like a genius as well. Um, you know, fast forward a few years and the Rams can't run the ball very as well. They struggle to score points you know, at times and they don't have an effective drop back passing game. You know, all of a sudden they're not as creative as they once were. So I get what Daryl Bevel's saying, but the reality is you watch this offense. And I think Pete, you and I have been saying from the beginning, I know I said early when they were, you know, holding Trevor back, not wanting him to run, which they're no longer doing. It doesn't feel like this offense was designed around Trevor Lawrence. Like, let's just put this kid in a place where he's comfortable, what he did in college, build on those type of concepts and, and work towards getting him comfortable in the NFL. Um, like, if I asked you, like, what is the staple – of their run game like what are they, are they a gap team are they a zone team like what do they do really well like what is their go-to you know what is their go-to concept well, what is what is their go-to run game plays i mean right now it's the it's zone read is what they right. do i mean and that's it um so i mean we could unpack all that the bottom line is this team struggles to score points and the offense is struggling the quarterback is inconsistent at times yesterday he looked amazing and made some big time throws other times he looks inaccurate um, they can't get in a rhythm. They don't get anything going. I think the biggest surprise for me, Pete, you know, of this game, I, I, I hate to say it, I was not surprised by the offense. I was not surprised by us not scoring points. We haven't scored points all year. All right. Oh, that was almost a banana. If they got one, if they got one more touchdown late, it, that's that's a, a great game. Yeah, but what's shocking to me is that the defense got pushed around by a bad offensive line who's not physical and gave up 150-plus yards of rushing to a team that averages 7.8, I mean, 78.6 78 yards per game, which is 31st in the league, and they are last in the league in yards per carry. And they gassed the Jaguars yesterday. Yeah. Yep. And that was, that, that was shocking to me. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Yeah, me too. 100, 108 yards. The down for, guys for, didn't play. The down guys did not play very well. Yeah, 108 yards for Cordero Patterson, the uh, of course wide receiver playing running back, and they couldn't slow him down. They should. That's what they should do with Lavisca Chenault. Make him a running back. I don't think he's, he's as fast as Cordero no, Patterson. 
No, he's not. Um, I will say this. He has looked good in those moments in the year, you know, last season when sure. he was lined up back there. He's a, he's a physical guy. He, yep. he is a talent. Well, he kind of is a running back because every pass he catches is a bubble screen. <laughs> well, that, I mean, if you want to talk about the passing game, I think the other thing that in, – and in, I, I don't know if we're going to get a straight answer. I appreciate Trevor trying to kind of cover for the receivers, but either Trevor is way off or the receivers are running the wrong routes because some of those balls are one-hopped thrown nowhere near the receiver. I mean, it's like they're not on the same page. They well, okay, I looked at two – I know two specifics you're talking about. The last play of the game, that's clearly on Chenault. That one's clearly on Chenault. You could tell. He's supposed to that, – that guy's playing inside leverage. He's got to take that to the outside. That's on him. The other one you're talking about is when there were two receivers and he skipped it in between them. That looks like – that looks like it, the guy's supposed to – I forget who it was was supposed to carry it to the sideline more, and he kind of sat down. But, well, my, my, again, yeah, I, even when he had guys open, he missed them. At times, yeah. Other times he was it, like that, that drive in the third quarter was big time. But, Tony, the one where they settled for the field goal, I don't know if you watched the tape, but he had a guy wide open on the right side of the end zone that he didn't even try and take a shot to. Well, but here's the other side, Pete. Uh, that's fair, but if um, – Hogan Wale catches the ball in the flat. It's a touchdown. Yeah, right. I but mean, it wasn't a great throw, but he's got to catch it. It, it. it hit him in the hand. Was that the play yeah. where Jawan Taylor just stood there? Yeah, Jawan Taylor decided not to play that play. Yeah. But he wasn't – you know what? I, I just want to alert the fans out there. He wasn't awful. On, he wasn't – the line wasn't bad, surprisingly. Barch had some problems with Grady Jarrett on the inside, but that happens because he's a good player. But the line wasn't awful on Sunday. That's the weird thing about it. The line hasn't been awful. And, and they still can't move the ball. They, they, they struggle. I mean, I mean, they have drops. Like, Ogumboale has to catch that ball. You catch it, it's a I touchdown. agree. I agree. He's got to catch it. But there was another one. It might have been play before that or something where I think he got pressure, but he had a guy. He, he stayed on the left side, and all he had to do was come back to the right, and he had the guy in the – it was like a – a zone coverage, and he kind of split him, and he has to fit it in there. It's got, he's got a the corner had, you know, he would have to sink to get that play, but he was playing the up receiver, so he had to, he has to fit that in there. But you're right, he made some good throws though. The throw to the touchdown to Tavon Austin is a heck of a throw. Well, the one before that, the, the just the BB to um, O'Shaughnessy, yeah, in between the coverage. I mean, it's a big time throw. So. And the, and the good thing with Trevor that I like that he's, he continues to sit in the pocket. It's not like he's jumping in the pocket. He's not yeah. looking at the rush. I mean, those are all things that you like are hard to fix. Like the stuff that he's struggling. Like, Pete, I'd love to, like, it would be great to sit in those meeting rooms with them and say, okay, like, how much of it is just the receivers running awful routes? And how much of it is it Trevor just not knowing where he's going with the ball and not confident where he's going with the ball? Yeah, I think it's more it's more on the receivers, but I also think he's getting to his top of his drop, and you can stop the tape every play almost. You can stop the tape, top of his drop. Do you see any separation at the top of his drop anywhere? Not anywhere? A lot. Now I'll, I'll say one time. One time, I think it was in the late in the game, he checked it down to Robinson or Hyde on the left side. And he had Marvin Jones open behind him. Yeah. And he that was the tr- Marvin Jones. Drop, looked, yeah. On a comeback route. He's open, he's wide open. He tried to go to Carlos Hyde. Hyde dropped the ball. Yeah. And that was, uh, Car- and Marvin Jones looked frustrated on that play after you could see it on the tape. He looked frustrated. Yeah. But that's one he's got to take. He's got to hit that. Yeah. 
Hmm. So, but the bottom line is, I mean, that's a game. You know, the Atlanta Falcons had scored three points total in the last two games. And they came out, and Matt Ryan, by the way, Kyle Pitts was a terrible pick by the Falcons based on how Matt Ryan's picked. you got to pick a quarterback when you have the three overall pick or four overall pick, whatever they had, and not a tight end. But their offense is no good, and they can't throw the ball very effectively because they have no real weapons outside outside of Kyle Pitts. But they ran the ball right down their throats. And you just, I mean, you can't let that happen. Up until the last week or so, Kyle, Matt Ryan had been playing really good football, too. Last, uh, he hasn't played well the last three no, weeks, Pete. But yeah. No, I mean, he's taking a beating. He's taking a beating, too. That's true. Not yesterday. He was just bad yesterday. That's true. So uh, plenty ahead, of course. We're just getting started on Jaguars Happy Hour. We'll come back in just a moment. A little more on the Jaguars' offensive performance yesterday. More on Trevor Lawrence. James Robinson was over five yards a carry yesterday. A little later, more defensive talk. What happened against the Falcons' running game yesterday and in the second hour we'll get your social media questions we'll go around the national football league as well and we're just getting started it's jaguars happy hour presented by jet home loans on the jaguars digital network jaguars happy hour is brought to you by dream finders homes homes that fit your lifestyle and by baptist health changing health care for good Why has it taken this long to kind of really form the offense that you guys want and what works the best with Trevor? Good question. I don't have the answer for that. Was that is was there some stubbornness, resistance to kind of getting it all in there, or was it? No, just, I think just, a lot of, so much of it is you know you're when you're not quite sure what your personnel is capable of. Um, you know what. You know, once again, offensive football is about equating numbers and having some hits in the offense. And we've struggled at times, but other time, you know, you look against the Arizona Cardinals. We ran eight straight plays and hit it. We want to be a run first with Trevor, and and um, and then at times when you don't score, you get behind a little bit and it starts to transition. So uh, no, there's no stubbornness. It's just we're all figuring this thing out. That's Urban Meyer, Mike DiRocco of ESPN with the questions after the game for the head coach. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. What, Pete? What? What in the hell is that answer? Wait, what do you think? Let's, let's dissect it in a couple different ways. I don't know. That's a good question. You're the head coach. Well, let's back up a second because I want to make sure everyone's clear exactly what question D-Rock asked. So the way what I heard, and, and JP, I didn't hear the whole thing, basically was, is he asking why is there a stubbornness to design the offense around Trevor Lawrence and get him going? Was that the question? Like, what was the exact question? I will go find the transcript especially just for this, and I will get back yeah, to I just want to make sure be- before we jump and just go crazy, because I agree with you, Pete. Like, almost no matter what the question is, I don't know. That's a good question. Is not the answer. You I'll tell you what. Coach. You know like, what? How about how about this, guys? Let's play it again. We got the questions, both of them, from D Rock. Here's how it sounded last night. Why has it taken this long to kind of really form the offense that you guys want, and what works the best with Trevor? Good question. I don't have the answer for that. Was that is was there some stubbornness, resistance to kind of getting it all in there, or 
Was it no, just, I think just, a lot of, so much of it is, you know, you're, when you're not quite sure what your personnel is capable of. Um, you, know, what, you know, once again, offensive football is about equating numbers and hit, having some hits in the offense. And we've struggled at times, but another time, you know, you look against the Arizona Cardinals, we ran eight straight plays and hit it. We want to be a run first with Trevor. And, and, um, and then at times when you don't score, you get behind a little bit and it starts to transition. So, uh, no, there's no stubbornness. It's just we're all figuring this thing out. All right, guys. Pete, Tony. Wait, no, okay, let me start real quick. First off, he said, good question. He said, I don't know, right? He didn't know the answer to the question. A. B, we're trying to figure out our personnel. It's, it's, it's what week is this? It's week 12. You had training camp. You had the offseason. We're trying to figure out our personnel. What in the hell is he talking about? I mean, every yeah. time he talks, sometimes he digs himself into a bigger hole. He doesn't understand what's going on on the field. It's it's obvious. Why would you even answer it that way? Well, Say we're working on it. We're trying to get to something that Trevor feels we like. We'd like him to be able to do this, this, and this. We're getting there. We're working on things. That kind of, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Well, I mean, and if you, and JP, I think I heard. I don't know if it was your interview or another transcript where asked about why James Robinson wasn't on the field for 16 straight plays. And he said, well, you have to ask, that's the position coach. Like he didn't, he basically said, I don't know there too, if I got that right, JP. Yeah, and he came back Correct? today and said the, the coaches said that he had more, you know, that uh, Carlos Hyde had more juice in the legs at that time. And, you know, they felt better in that, when that situation with Carlos. Yeah, but I, I, I guess, but I, I guess my concern is it doesn't send a lot of confidence to anybody when you're the head coach and you, one, you don't know why your best, arguably your best offensive player is not on the field for 16 straight plays. Um, secondly, when you are asked a question around what is taking so long to form the offense um, and understand, you know, you know, what works, what doesn't and say, I don't know. Um, and I'm with Pete, like figuring out the personnel. I mean, I don't even spend a lot of time with that team, obviously, nowhere near as much as the coach. I could have told you at the end of training camp what they can and cannot do. Like, and it was obviously the plan to be run first was not accurate because they came, how they came out in Houston to start the season with, you know, heavy pass. And week two was, I can't remember who they played week two, you know, Denver again not leaning on James Robinson. I mean, go look at the majority before he got hurt, like the highest rushing game he had. If you're a run-first team, mm -hmm. you would wear him out. Go look at run-first teams. Go look at San Francisco. Go look at Tennessee before Derrick Henry got hurt. I mean, those are just two that come off the top of my head. So I don't understand. Like, that. I'm with Pete. I mean, I, I mean, am I you know, You know what, it comes to, what comes to his mind when he says that, Tony? You know, it really comes to my mind when he says things like that, because we had this before with, you know, you talk about James Robinson on the field, he didn't know 16 plays or whatever. It happened once when he wasn't on the goal line. Remember what week was that? Yeah, that was a few weeks okay. back. Yep. Okay. You know what it comes to, what word comes to mind when I see that? Figurehead. He's a figurehead coach. That's what he is. He's not involved in the operation of the thing. He's a figurehead, which... Okay, if that's what you are, that's what you are. But don't try and fool anybody. You're not – if you don't know why your running back's not on the field for 16 snaps, that's ridiculous. If you don't know your personnel in week 12 
And granted, they've had guys come in and out, but that's ridiculous. It's just I, I am mystified at some of the things that come out of his mouth as a coach. Now, when I was the beat guy there, I covered the most minutia-oriented coach I've ever seen in the history of the league. The guy was psychotic. He knew everybody's name. He knew everybody's this. He knew what they did. He knew tendencies of every player in the league. He's the exact opposite. But this guy, 85, good player. Yeah, you know who he is. Come on. Or do you? That's my problem with this. I don't think he's connected enough to what's going on around them. And that's a concern. Figurehead. That's what he is. He's a figurehead. They should have made me the coach. I could have been a figurehead. Baselli should have been the coach. He could have been a figurehead. Put him in the Hall of Fame, and you make him the figurehead of the team. Give me a break. Well, Pete, you know me well enough. I would not be a figurehead. I'd be in every bit of a <laughs> Of course you would. And so would I. That's the point. I'm not saying I'm right. And I might not know the right answer, but I'll tell you what. You'd probably I'd be a pain me... in the ass. Oh, I'd be just a... Do you imagine the sound about. bites from him at the podium, Pete? Oh, oh yes. God. So, but so D Rock basically asked, "What's the problem with the offense?" That's yes. basically what he asked, correct? Yes. And the, I, I don't understand. I don't know. Good question. Well, here's the problem with the offense: you have no rhythm. It, you know, you have struggle getting guys open. Your quarterback is struggling with being on the same page of your wide receivers. There's accuracy issues, and you don't have an identity of what you want to do. Or at least and your best player like averaged five yards per carry and sat out 16 straight plays. Yeah. Well, that like, like so, I don't care how much juice James Hauser doesn't have. By the way, he came back in, had a one-handed catch. It was one of the best plays in the game and turned right. it up for a 19-yard. Right. Just for the I, just I mean, for the record, all, here, here's the ofi- we know that here's the official answer from today. Urban Meyer was asked about uh, the reasoning James Robinson was held out of the game after the fumble. Quote: We just try to rotate. I just asked that question like five minutes ago to get clarity if I get asked. He said it's because of the rotation, then he's still not 100%. You can see that on perimeter runs, and we felt Carlos had a little more juice in his legs. The next question was on if Robinson was held out due to the fumble specifically. A little bit, I'm sure Bernie, Bernie Parmalee, talked to him, and Bevel and all those guys on the sideline. I did briefly, but the answer I got was rotation, and Carlos felt like should be in the game. End quote. That's what he said today. Yeah, okay. I, I, I just, number one, I, I'm against 100%, and I know there's other coaches that do this. If your best player fumbles for the first time in like 400 touches, right. you don't bench right. him because of that. I, I mean, the kid, is, like, the kid is honestly, like, I don't even know how to say it. Hurt. He's your best option offensively. Like, right. t- tell me a better option right now than James Robinson. And the average five yards per carry. Yeah. And, and, and the average five yards what, per carry. I'm just guessing. Okay, what 80, if Hyde average per carry? Hyde averaged, Hyde averaged 2.7, six carries, 16 yards. Yeah, lots of juice in those. <laughs> lots of juice. He had more juice. Hey, Bernie. Bernie played in the league. Bernie's seen running backs who got juice. There's no way Carlos Hyde's had it. Carlos Hyde hasn't had juice since he came out of Ohio State. He hasn't had juice. Juice. Give me a break. Okay. It's awful. It's a, it's a, no, it's just bad. It's bad. The offensive system is bad. The offensive staff is bad. The offense stinks. It's bad. They're taking a quarterback, and we talked about it last week, who has all the tools in the world, and they're ruining him right now. They're ruining that kid. Yeah. And now they got another playmaker hurt. Dan Arnold's on IR now. He was the leading receiver since he showed up. 
Well, they didn't what know what he could do anyways. What's the, what's the injury? I mean, it's a knee. It's not it's an ACL, knee. is it? Yeah, yeah no, it's four to six weeks, which which means he's MCL. probably going to be gone. Yeah, yeah. he'll be gone for the year. He's got a bad MCL, is basically what that is. He'll save him for next year for the next coach. Man, Pete is on a roll right now. <laughs> well, let's, I mean, let's... It, it, it gets worse and worse by the week. It's just the things that come out of his mouth sometimes. I don't get it. He makes himself look worse. You know, you can't argue that, Tony. Well, here's what I was about to say, Pete. You know, I'm the defender of all things Jaguars, and I'll go to the deathbed and just get abused for things of defending. I don't even know how to defend those comments. Um, answering a reporter, I don't know why. That's a good question. I don't have an answer. I don't know. Like, See, Durant, um, back in the day, Durant was like, I got an answer. Your system stinks. Well, <laughs> in, in, in the justification of not understanding, your, we're learning our personnel. Like, to your point, Pete, we're in week 12. I mean, I think everyone knew what we were and what we weren't. And that's what's shocking to me. It almost feels like it took, and I don't want to rehash it all the way back to the first couple of weeks, like, it's almost like they didn't trust James Robinson. Like, to, like that he needed to be the bell cow and the offense needed to go through him. Well, they did try I to mean, replace him. And that's my point. And, like, which I don't understand that either. That's a whole other subject around the draft. And you could argue that Travis Etienne, we have not seen him because injury, was brought in to be a complimentary back because of the speed that he showed at Clemson. That's the way but they described JT, it, yes. you, That's right. Do you have the game logs for this season for James Robinson? Like, I'm curious what's the max number, and maybe just do it before the Seattle game, mm-hmm. because before he's injured. I get why, if you're a coach, he's beat up, he's hurting. I don't still think you take about 16 straight plays, and it just happened mm-hmm. after a fumble. Mm-hmm. That, that, it's just the whole that, thing doesn't That's happen. why they took him. They took him out because of the fumble. Let's be Which real. He got benched because of the fumble. Like, I'm not saying, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to kill Dario Ogumboale, but I don't think James Robinson catch, misses that, drops that pass based on what I've seen all year and based on the one-handed catch he had and based on the fact that, you know, was Hyde not in the game. Why was Hyde not in the game on that play? Was it, is it juice go away? It <laughs> <laughs> was low juice. He's <laughs> like one of those electric cars. You got to go to the uh, sideline and charge uh, his juice up. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Tony, what did you want to know about his game by game, Robinson? Just give me Give me carries for James Robinson per game up to the Seattle game. Up until the Seattle game. All right. Week one yeah, at Houston. Week one at Houston, five for 25 yards. Okay. Week, Keep going. Week Thank two, you. Denver, 11 for 47. Week three, Arizona, 15 for 88. Week four at Cincinnati, 18 for 78. Two touchdowns. He had a touchdown against Arizona also. Tennessee, 18-149, touchdown. Miami, 1773, touchdown. At Seattle, 422, and was hurt in that. He's game. hurt. So, yeah, so t- okay. Before he got hurt, your best player was a running back. And by the way, I like when, this is what doesn't add up. Urban says we want to be a run team. It's best for Trevor. Well, you didn't start the season that way when your best player got five carries. Or 11 in the next game. week. Or 11 the next week. Or 11 the next week. So I don't buy that. It doesn't align to what we saw. And two, how does your best player on offense not have at least 20 carries a game with a rookie quarterback? Well, he, like, here's the question. Pete, I'm with you. I'm with you. Pete, I'll even go further. Like, I, I did the Thursday night game uh, in Atlanta uh, 
10 days ago, whatever, how long ago that was, the Patriots played Atlanta. I've seen the Patriots a couple times now. Bill, and everyone's talking about Mac Jones, how great he is and how well he's playing. And he is, by the way. He's doing a, f- a fabulous job. But you want to know why? They've set that kid up for success. They run the ball like nobody's business. You know what? And they keep on running it even when they get stuffed at times. And they are run first, pound the rock. They use multiple backs. I'm fine with that because they have a stable of backs. And they play great defense. They're like, we're going to play football the way we played when Tom Brady was early in his career. We're going to run the ball. We're going to be physical up front. We're going to wear teams out. And we're going to play great defense and good special teams. And they also do a great job of scheming open their guys, though, because they can run the ball. Yeah, they make it e- they make it easy on Mac Jones. Mm. They make it easy That's on. Right. And and I have not seen that based on like it would be even more interesting if you go look at the game logs of like rush to pass ratio. And I don't want to hear we get behind and that's why because it's from the beginning of the game. Yes. He should be getting the ball significantly more than he gets it. So that uh, we can continue this conversation in the second hour. This is uh, we, we've we've hit a hot button topic tonight here on Jaguars Happy Hour. Well, I'm gonna go um, get my get go charge up my juice yeah. during the break. Okay, I'm gonna about, get some juice. Whatever three minutes gets you, you're about to get it. Uh, when we uh, return, we'll get to the Jaguars defense a little bit deeper. Of course, we'll continue that offensive conversation moving ahead tonight. The uh, Jags lost to the Falcons yesterday. You might have heard. 21-14 the final. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Any loss is is definitely... Just a bad feeling, especially like uh, it's just you know it's not a good feeling right now, man. And uh, man, we take a tide of it, and we just trying to figure out what the hell, you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, can't really answer that one. Just you know, just tired of it. Just tired of it. That's Josh Allen, defensive and outside linebacker. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Frisco, Tony Baselli recapping a Jaguars loss to the Atlanta Falcons in Week 12. 21-14 the final score. And only the third time this year that an opposing player has run for over 100 yards against the Jags. The first two were the usual suspects, the ones you would expect, Henry and Taylor. And yesterday, Cordero Patterson went for 108. On 16 carries, 6.8 average, two touchdowns for the Falcons out of the backfield yesterday. And Patterson also had a couple of catches for 27 yards. And the Jags' defense struggled to stop the run as a whole all day. The Falcons didn't do much else beyond that, guys. We've, we've touched on it. But why are some of the reasons they had some issues up front, Tony? Um, I don't know. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pete. Well, they got blocked. They got blocked. Pete, I got no reaction out of you. I did the whole the whole thing for you. You didn't listen to me. JP asked me a question. I said, I don't know. Good question. That was that was on a because well, you didn't you didn't you didn't do it right. You're supposed to say good question. I don't know. You didn't do it the right oh, way. I, oh, sorry, I messed it up. <laughs> good. You're supposed to go. Good question. 
I don't know. We need to work on our comedy <laughs> routine a little bit, guys. A little rusty. But here's the question. Okay, before we get on to the defense, here's the question I don't understand why no anybody's asked him. What is his ideal offense? What does Urban Meyer want his offense to look like? What would you in an ideal world, what do you want the offense to look like? Not what Daryl Bevel wants the offense to look like, not what Schottenheimer wants the offense to look like. What do you want it to look like? Ask that question. Nobody asked him that question? Pete, you should send questions to D-Rock and, uh, you know, prep prep them. I don't want to get anybody. My questions will get everybody in trouble. I know D-Rock's listening. I purposely said that to D-Rock because he likes to listen and – and I know the last thing he wants. Ask the damn question, D-Rock. There, there's a message I, for D-Rock. <laughs> I, I know the last thing he wants to hear is from you and me telling him what questions to ask. Um, True. The, uh, back to, you know, the question about the run game. And I agree with P. I think that would be a good question to ask Urban, kind of what is his ideal kind of system offensively. Um, well, he did say 250-250. That's everybody's ideal system. He did. <laughs> <laughs> on any level. Did you ever have 250 um, 50 in high school? <laughs> no, we didn't throw the ball. Um, <laughs> defensively, and I haven't watched the tape in detail because I traveled and we're running around, um, but watching it live, I was shocked that Hennessy, the center who's been pushed around by everybody this year, like really like got after Devon Hamilton. From watching it, and Pete, I, I'm sure you – I don't know if you watched All-22, but I early in that game – He got dominated. Yes, and I was like, ugh, not good. And, then, and, Hen- and by the way, Hennessy was my – Hennessy and, and Mayfield were my spinning tops of the week last week. They were awful against New England. Awful. They got dominated, physically dominated. Hennessy got just pushed around and thrown around. And He's I was little. Shocked. He's little. He's, there's no way Hennessy should block Hamilton. No way. Should not happen. Remember, that was, I mean, that was during training camp. Everyone thought Devon Hamilton was going to be a high point and someone who, you know, and he's just not been consistent this year, I don't think. And and I think his play time reflects that. I think you're seeing more Gotsis and uh, Malcolm Brown, uh, Tavon Bryant starting to get more playing time. Um, yeah, it's a it really, obviously Wilson had a bad there. game. Just off the eye test, Damian Wilson didn't play well either. Yeah. Um, so, and Shaq Quarterman actually came in and played right for about. I think he had ten snaps or eleven snaps because yeah, he was dinged up. Because got hurt. Yeah, yeah he, got, he hurt. got dinged up. Yeah. Um, I I don't even have an answer because like I'm shocked. But they got reached. They got pushed around. They got moved. They got they got up to the extra level. They cut off the backside, and the inside zone was working to the backside. Um, you know, it was just bad defense. That's one of the most of, – of all the things going into the weekend, this weekend in the NFL, the one thing I said yesterday on our, one of our pregame shows when I said the, the offensive line of the Falcons will not be able to block the Jaguars front. They will not run the ball. They might you look pattern- like an idiot. Oh, well, Ooh, yeah, well they look worse than I did. Uh, but it was across the board. They got blocked. Josh Allen didn't have a great game either. I mean, they just didn't play well. Maybe, you know what, you said something last week, Tony, that I hate to say you might be right, but you might be right. It might be bleeding over. Really bleeding over. What do you mean, mean, Pete? The the bad offense is bleeding over to the defense, and they know when they take the field every single week that 
no matter what they do. And granted, do your job. I get it. But there's got to be something. Hey, if we stop them here, we're going to get off the field. It's like what that Patterson run came after the dumb play on the yep. field goal. Right after. The next play, they got gashed. It's almost like, oh, man, what do we have to do to do, you know, this whole thing? So I think Tony's well, right. Be, might be bleeding over. Well, it's a couple things, too. I mean, they, again, critical errors this time, not on third down, but on fourth down. Special teams extended drives twice. One led to a direct touchdown. It would have been, you know, three instead of seven. Um, a couple times on third down penalties, that extended drives. So you can They would have had a pin back. They would have had a pin back. That's right. You continue to shoot yourself in the foot. Um, bigger than that is the fact that as bad as the defense played, and I don't think they played yesterday, they only gave up 21. Like, in today's NFL, if you give up 21 points, it should be a tight game, and you should win 50% of those. Yeah, but, but with it's this team... The offense, too, they place. That's play. It doesn't matter. That's my point, Pete. You still only gave up 21. I'm not saying... They played poorly. But you would hope against a bad defense, because the Falcons have a bad defense, too, that, okay, we're not playing great, but we only gave up 21. Hey, offense, can you, like, can we get past the 20 mark? Like, can we get, like, some, can we, like, or, uh, you know, can we dare get close to 30? Would that be too much to ask? I mean, this is a scoring league, Pete. And you got to admit, when you were sitting in the box calling the game, when they got to 21, what was it, 21, you said the game's over. We can, I mean, I don't, I don't think we can score 21. And that's in the NFL. It's it's unreal. You were sitting there watching a game, and when the other team got to 21, it was over. It was done. And so here's my, you know, so we talked about the concern of the bleeding over, you know, and and people getting frustrated. You can hear frustration in Josh Allen. I think you're starting to hear that. Here's, let me tell you my next concern, and I hope it doesn't happen. You're going to L.A. this week. The Rams have lost three straight. I mean, they have it's blood in the water, and they are good. Like, let me tell you what. And you got Jalen Ramsey, you know, is chirping about Jacksonville. Aaron Donald's going to turn on the film and watch what Grady Jarrett did to Ben Barch. I mean, Matthew Stafford getting picked apart for interceptions. You know, is it his fault? I mean, the whole thing. Like, they have to win this game. Oh, yeah. This isn't a trap game. This is like all focus all energy on making a statement and getting and, and, and the Jaguars have traditionally played so well on the West coast. They oh, have that okay. going for yeah, them. Great. <laughs> and so you, so now you have a long trip. You're going to get back late Sunday night, early Monday morning. And then you got to get ready to go to Tennessee where this team has not played well since I played there. <laughs> Are you going to lock yeah. the Rams game this week? Not for the Jaguars. No. Um, <laughs> 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 no, I'll give you a lock for the week. The Rams win. Here's a lock. How about that? Wow. And so, Pete, you know what, what concerns me is if you lose these two, like you're gonna be and you're gonna be heavy dogs in both, and now you're two and eleven. This this is where the team starts going. Oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. Like you start getting a little bit of. Not, so now you start to think they might not win a game again. I'm I'm not. I don't want to think that way, Pete, but. Tell me what happens when a team's struggling, losing games that they think they should win, and now you go on the road, there's potential to get hammered back-to-back weeks. They should be thankful the Lions are in the league because they're, they're the, the Lions are the worst team. But Jacksonville's right now, the Jets are ahead of the Lions, uh, Jaguars. They have to be. 
They won yesterday. Hey, uh, guys, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, We'll hear from Trevor Lawrence on the interception yesterday. And did he think he had a free play? He'll answer that right after the game. And we'll take a look at the AFC South standings, though you probably have a good idea what they are already. Veterans, choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. No, I I saw him jump. I wasn't sure. Uh, I wasn't positive it was a free play, so that wasn't that wasn't the reason I threw it. I thought we had a little bit more um, separation on the guy for the for the beat ball, and we got kind of held up at the top of the route. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that. You know, I thought we were going to win over the top, so you got to anticipate those throws, and that's one we didn't. And uh, me and Marv have already talked about that and kind of clearing all that up. So we communicated, but yeah, no, I didn't think it was a good play. That's the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, on the interception yesterday against the Atlanta Falcons. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. JP Shadrick, Tony Vaselli, Pete Prisco, and the inaugural Jacksonville Barbecue Festival is bringing the best barbecue in the nation to Florida December 10th through 12th. At TIAA Bankfield, a couple weeks away, award-winning brisket, ribs, burn-ins, and more. Enter for free and pay as you go, or you can go hog wild with a VIP pit pass. That'll give you two and a half hours of all you can eat and drink. Visit bbqfestjacks.com. Tony's all in. Pete's probably all in. Pete, you're all in on that, right? Yeah, I love barbecue. Although I'm on a diet, it starts today, Pete. Yeah. Starting today? <laughs> starting now. Starting now. What happened to the echo? Why do we have an echo? Why do we have an echo? Tony's echoing. So are uh, you. Tony, 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 Tony. <laughs> like an old, uh, it's an old, remember the old music band, Tony, Tony, Tony? Mm. <laughs> wow. So, they, I mean, Trevor uh, asked, was asked after the game, um, the, um, you know, because during the game, uh, it was like, okay, he's throwing that downfield because he thought Dante Fowler jumped, but he confirmed after the game, yeah, he wasn't sure they were going to throw that anyway. So, yeah, it wasn't a good play. Hey, our echo is bad. Hard to do the show with an echo. I don't know what the. I don't know what to tell you on that <laughs> you one. Just suck it up, Pete. Yeah, I mean, it's the well, NFL, I'll make Pete. Do. It's the NFL. I pro- believe me, it's happened to me before. This is professional, professional football. Uh, AFC South I mean, standings. Right Let's take a look at the division. The entire division lost yesterday. Tennessee lost. They're eight and four. Indianapolis lost. They're six and six. They blew the lead. Houston two and nine. They have lost for a while, and so is the Jaguars. They're uh, now three straight losses, two and nine. The Houston's two and nine includes. Two divisional wins. That's the tiebreaker. They also have the head-to-head over Jacksonville. So uh, it maintains the order of the division standings at least. And uh, no ground gained or lost for either or any of the teams in the AFC South. So there there you have it. The uh, Jaguars' next division game is two weeks from now. They will face the uh, current first-place team, the Tennessee Titans at Nashville, Tennessee. That's coming up. So. Tony, you said the Titans were going to win the division. I mean, the Colts were going to win the division. You locked it. Well, they would. First of all, I didn't lock it. That's not true. That's a lie. <laughs> and by the way, if they wouldn't have blown the lead to Tampa, they'd be one a game and a half out. Right. But now they're two and a half out. 
with with yeah. six to go. They're in trouble. Mm. Yeah, they're they're in deep trouble. They're not as in, uh, as much trouble as the Jags are though. Are the Jaguars been? Are we, they haven't been officially eliminated yet, have they? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's, it's a close. little early. We're getting there, but uh, so yeah. do, if if the season ended today, would we have the second overall pick right now? I believe third. Third. Well, Detroit. The Lions. Yeah, who else? Tell me another team ahead of us. Stand by. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if they. Let's it's, see. It's uh, Houston. Detroit, Houston, and Jaguars. Houston, but we're behind Houston, Houston because they, Yeah, no, we're, I'm telling you, we're, we are the second overall pick right now. Houston has the head-to-head match up win. So are we talking draft and already? They have, better division, they have a better division record. Everything. No, I don't, I don't want to talk about draft. I don't know anything about I do. right now. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I see one that has Jacksonville. It's two. Jacksonville's two. Yeah, it should be. Well, if they got to one, they'd almost be in a situation where they'd have to take the pass rusher from uh, from Oregon. Well, according so, to according to Tankathon.com, if you're into that, uh, Detroit 0-10-1, Houston would be second, and then Jacksonville third. Uh, but you yeah, know, I don't know how that could strength, be though, because they beat them. Strength the schedule. Yeah, strength the schedule, right? No, strength strength the schedule doesn't overcome head-to-head matchups. I don't know. But they're either going to pick second or third. So your options are going to be the pass rusher from Oregon, Thibodeau. No, he's going to be first. He's going to be the first overall pick. Okay, then you have the the Michigan pass rusher who everybody loves, Aiden Hutchinson. Hutchinson. But I I think the pass rusher that plays opposite him will end up being a better pro, so that's just me. But then you got – the wide receiver from Ohio State or the wide receiver from Alabama. That's your. That's who you're going to pick in those spots. Which Which Ohio State guy? Garrett Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. 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 I sent the tweet out during the game after he made that one-handed catch. Him and the kid from Alabama. They're yeah. the two. They're the two best receivers yeah. in the draft. And James Williams got ejected from the Iron Bowl because of a targeting call on special teams, but uh, didn't get a chance. Yeah, to and see then him and then everybody thinks that um, the kid from Arkansas, but I I got to see him. He's big and physical, but does he run? He doesn't run. They don't need. They need speed. They don't need a like the kid from Arkansas looks like a Alshon Jeffrey or somebody like that. He he's a big physical guy, but they don't need that. They need somebody who can run. All right, guys. Is that Gilbert Wilson kid? Does Gilbert Wilson run? Uh, Garrett yeah, Wilson, yeah. and yes, he Garrett can run like the Garrett, wind. Garrett, like the wind, Tony. He can run. We have reached the end of our first hour of Jaguars Happy Hour. Another hour to go, including your social media questions. We'll go around the National Football League and much more. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on this Monday afternoon on the Jaguars Digital Network. better today you know it's a lot of it's who you have you know you know your personnel and how do you intermingle your personnel with what we can do and so I thought uh, we got scored down in the red zone we go down there twice and uh, yeah I thought uh, coaches worked their tails off uh, and uh, we went some tempo we went some uh, you know pace a little bit which I think our player you know our quarterbacks used to that and I think you'll be doing seeing more of that. 
Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, the second hour of the program on this Monday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. We are recapping a Jaguars loss to the Atlanta Falcons, 21-14. And the Jags found themselves in an early hole yet again. It was 14-0. It was later 21-3. The Jags did fight back to get within seven points and had the football with a chance to drive down and at least tie the game. They failed, turned it over on downs, and the game was over. The offense still looking for that consistent creativity. Penalties and key moments on special teams were a killer. Jumped offside on a fourth and two when the snapper pulled his head up, didn't move the football, and Laurenti McCray jumped across the line to give him a first down. There was a leverage call on a made field goal. Roy Robertson-Harris, and they took the points off the board. The next play was a touchdown run instead for Atlanta. The Jags are now 2-9, and nine, and now two difficult road trips ahead. This week to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles to face a Rams team that hasn't won since they put the Dream Team together, and then next week to Nashville to face the Tennessee Titans. By the way, confirmation on the NFL draft tie-breaking procedures, Tony. Strength of schedule is used to break any ties between teams. If strength of schedule cannot be used to separate the teams, then it goes to division or conference tiebreakers. But strength of schedule is number one. So so they would pick, right now they would pick third. third. And it's with all 17 games on the schedule. So what happens, obviously, the rest of the way can determine that. All right, here's the other thing about the draft. Uh, Garrett Wilson, his projected 40 time is like 4-4-8 four, four, or something. So he's not a burner. He plays fast, but he's not a burner. He plays the fast. kid, the kid at, at Alabama is the burner. burner. He was a he track. The he was a track star in high school. Urban recruited him out of high school in St. Louis. Was you know set state records in the hurdles and the hundred meter and all. He, that he's the one you want. He's the one you want. Yeah. That's the he look. Wilson might be a better receiver right now, but you want the speed guy. I mean, come on. When was the last? When was the last time Jacksonville had a speed guy? Blackman, he could run. He wasn't really a no, speed guy. He was, no, he, was, he got loose. He's not a speed guy at all. You, you see, you know he was a speed guy. He just couldn't play wide receiver, Matt Jones. <laughs> but he didn't play fast. He was a straight line Jimmy, speed guy. The guy who's the guy who's played the fastest of any Jaguar receiver is the best receiver of all time. That's Jimmy Smith. Okay, but since then, anybody? R.J. Sauer. <laughs> Well, he had the one play where he ran by Dion. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, since then, has there been a scare speed threat on the Jaguars roster? Yes or no? Keelan Cole. <laughs> now he's with the Jets. They didn't want him back. So, aside from Keelan Cole, who wasn't a great receiver, he got better. Keenan made it better. Where, where has there – guys who can – Consistently lined up. Has there been a speed threat in twenty years? No, because Jimmy hasn't played in twenty years. The answer, Pete, is no. What was Jimmy's last year? JP, it's like two thousand four, I think. Twenty years. He's going on twenty. It's what seventeen years, eighteen years. They haven't had a speed threat. They need speed. Yeah, last year was oh five. Oh five. Oh five. 16 so 16. Years. So, yeah, listen, what is, I mean, whatever. 
But you can you can go to almost every team in the league and find a speed threat that they've had in the last fifteen years. Somebody they don't, they don't call the best analysts in the business for nothing. Whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, what do you? I don't even know what to say. They're not. This is a league that is set up to score points, and we can't score. But it's also a team that's drafted a lot of wide receivers high in the draft, and not a one of them was a speed threat. Was Reggie Williams a speed threat? No. Of course not. How about about this? Can you name all the teams who have yet to break the uh, 24-point mark in the NFL season? Well, I know of only one. Okay, Jacksonville, anyone? Who else? Lions, maybe. Let me tell you who. Let me tell you the other team. Nobody. It's only the Jets. That's what I. <laughs> I didn't think so. Because the Lions scored a couple games and the yeah. Jets scored a couple games. That's right. And twenty-four points, Pete. This is not nineteen sixty-five, where it's like you beat the hell out of me, people. You can tackle receivers as they're going out. This is a league that is set up by the rules of the game to score points. What's the, what's the, are they the lowest scoring team in the league right now? Stand by. They are. They have I to mean, be. They have to be. Their average in the last five games is like 10. I mean, they have to be. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, well, look, we know that it's a bad offense. Can we give props to somebody who played well on Sunday? I mean, we've been burying this team all day. I can think of one. Uh, Tyson Campbell. Bingo. He played well. He had a really good game. And he's starting, that's two games in a row now where he's been better. Mm-hmm. He's get, he's uh, much more aware of the ball. You know, early in the season, he had no ball awareness. And that was a knock on him coming out of Georgia. But he, I think he's improved greatly as the season has gone along. We you have the second worst. worst yes, I thought Tyson Campbell played really well. And I think he's getting better and better. And this is why you can't make judgments of young players too soon which we all like to do, and we were all frustrated early because his ball awareness wasn't great. But, but we always thought he was better. in the vicinity, though. You know, Tony, he was around yeah, the ball. Yeah. He just never yeah, played yeah. the ball. Just so, just to answer the question, we are the, we are the 31st scoring offense in the NFL. The Houston Texans are worse by .8 points. We're at 15.7, and the Texans are at 14.9. The next closest is the Chicago Bears. The, oh, I'm sorry, the Detroit Lions at 15.8. Some bad offenses. Well, the problem with the Lions is the quarterback coach. Whoo, <laughs> <laughs> man! Did you, don't, oh, he knows I would. I would kid him about that. He loves that. <laughs> Jeez, going for everybody today, Pete. But here's the thing. The other day I was – let me get real quick aside on the Lions because it relates to Brunel. I'm watching the Lions and Dan Campbell is taking over play calling from Anthony Lynn. Uh, and he can't – he's terrible at it. Give it to Brunel. Let Brunel call the plays. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. How about there's 18 teams in the NFL that's, that average more points than we've scored in one game? That's a problem. You mean like more than the high? Yeah. Yeah, the high. We scored 23 points. That's our high mark. Yeah. And there are 18 po- teams who average more than 20, 
uh, three points a game. And think about the 23-point yeah. game was in London, and it took two 50-yard bomb field goals from a guy who had never kicked that long in his life to get that done, to get to 23. They you know, Miami's 17. ripped off four straight, four straight. <laughs> you know that? Yeah, they're in the playoff final. Yeah. Tua's, Tua's playing, playing well. well. Yeah, Tua. Tua's playing pretty good. So, I mean, that's where this team is. Two tough trips coming up, Pete, at L.A. this week. Team that's going to be motivated at Tennessee. They're, you know, they got to get their act together to stay up there. See, if if the Rams had won at Green Bay, there was always the chance, like Tony was talking about, of a little bit of a letdown lull the first quarter before they woke up and realized that they were in a game. Now there's no chance of that. (laughs) Zero. And – I think this game is going to be like what happened at Seattle. It's just, it's just a young team, long trip, bad combination, never play well on the coast against a team that has to have it, that has a ton of talent, that's reeling a little bit with a good coach. It's a bad combination for Jacksonville. And I think I don't if think, I didn't – Pete, I don't think it will be that close. No, I don't either. And I think the spread's like 13 or something in the game. I think they're favored by 13. And it might be in the twenties. Hmm. The oh, what's the question is? Does Jalen get a pick? Be sure trying, and I would double move him because he's going to be jumping everything early oh, in that game trying to get something. <laughs> yeah, when you get double move him, and he'll catch the guy even after the double move. <laughs> hey, he's open! Oh, he caught him. <laughs> hey. Uh, and now evaluating the Jalen Ramsey trade, the Rams won it. Think, yeah. Well, look no, at the draft picks they got. For I it. know. I yes. Right. Now. I mean, that's the only way you could do it. Now, if the Rams don't win a Super Bowl in the next two or three years, then we're going to reevaluate that because did anybody win it? That's the question. But as of right now, the Rams won that trade. Listen, the Rams are a worse team with all these superstars we're getting. <laughs> they haven't won. Well, their offensive the line isn't playing well. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. Tony, that's something you said a lot, and I agree with you 100%. You build that offensive line, you're going to have a good team. Period. Yeah. And I, I said it last year in the Super Bowl when I covered, if you can't block him, you can't win. The Chiefs nope. couldn't block the, the Tampa Bay last year. Go to the greatest offensive team in the history of this league, which is the Patriots when they went 18-0. and 0. Right. And they went into the Super Bowl. They couldn't block four guys, and that right. changed everything. Yeah, that game you got got to be able to block. And I look at, I look at what Sean McVay's done, and I'll go back to Sean McVay's that when he was rolling, and they were one of the best teams in the offenses in the NFL. What they do? They ran the ball. They had a good offensive line. They ran that inside outside zone with Gurley. They play action faked off it. They hit the over routes, the crossers on play action pass because they were getting single eye safety a lot of single uh, man coverage and they ran the ball like if you can't block you can't win nope and and there's so many bad offensive lines in this league that week in and week out if you notice the teams that are starting to surge they're just starting to surge right yeah they have their quarterback but like tampa bay they're back again i i think their offensive line they had an aberration at washington but the offensive line that's a good offensive line Kansas City, it's taken them a little while, but they're ended up they're getting better on the offensive line. They'll be fine on the they'll be better than what they were a year ago. The Colts, 
with their offensive line. Um, the Cowboys, when everybody's healthy, usually pretty good. Now, they didn't play well the other day, but they're usually pretty good. Um, Buffalo's offensive line, with when they're hurt, like they've been hurt, so they haven't played well. But the teams that surge, the 49ers starting to surge, right? Why the offensive line starting to play better? It's If you can run it and you can protect, you're going to score points. You'll figure a way to. The 49ers run for... I think 175, 180, and 200 in three straight games or something like that. You're going to win games if you do that. Hey, um, I mean, you're, preaching, you're preaching the choir here. I, mean, you know, I, I, I know. Yeah. I, you, I've always believed in you, you got to be strong on the offense. you got to have a quarterback first and foremost, but you got to have an offensive line. Yeah, but you can't play this game without a quarterback in today's football. No. I mean, just the way it's designed. Um, but you got to block people, man. You got to be able to protect that guy. You got to run the ball. And Pete, you and I have talked about this. You don't have to be like the 49ers where you're going to run it all the time, you know, and be 50. You don't have to be 50 50. But when you have to run it, you have to be able to run it. And you need to be able to control the line of scrimmage and block people, both in the run and the pass game, to allow your skill guys to operate. Now, you have to have skill guys. You have to be able to run. I mean, Teams like Tampa, the reason they're the leading scoring offense is they got everything. They got a good offensive line, they got good receivers, they have a good solid two backs that can play, they got a good tight end, and they have a, the best quarterback of all time. Well, you get that together, you're going to win football games and you're going to score. Um, yeah, because if you take away the passing game, they're going to run it on you. If you take away the run game, they're going to hit you over the top. And, and I agree. I, I Look, but the offensive line, at times the Tampa offensive line hadn't been as good this year. But we know they're good across the board. They're going to be good as they make their run. Green Bay, look look what Green Bay's done. Green Bay dominated front last yesterday. They dominated with three backups. Now having Rodgers makes them a lot better. But they ran the ball too. They ran the ball with a backup left tackle, a rookie right guard, a backup center, and they ran the ball. Hey guys, well, they're well coached. They are. They are. Hey, uh, more on that coming up. We've got uh, we've got to keep it real when we come back, and uh, then we'll get to social questions. Then we'll go around the National Football League. And Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, bank better. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour on a Monday afternoon after a Jaguars loss in week 12. 21-14, the final score. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli, Pete Prisco, and it's time for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Topic today, special teams penalties. The offside by Laurenti McRae on a... A head move by the snapper without moving the ball. Leverage called on Roy Robertson Harris. Both extended drives. It just continues a trend of key moments for this team where they have killer penalties. These were actually in the in the game action, not extracurricular. How do you stop this kind of stuff for the Jaguars? Well, I'm going to start at the very beginning. Number one. You have to, you have to have smart football players in your team. I think that's overlooked so often as you acquire and build a team. Like I know this; it'd be one of the things I'd focus on is on building team. Like I want smart people. 
like dumb football players. And I'm not calling anyone dumb as a person. So I don't want, you know, I'm not saying anyone who made mistakes yesterday is dumb. I'm talking about football IQ. Having a high football IQ allows you to play situational football and have awareness. Doesn't mean you're not going to be, you're going to be perfect and not make mistakes, but it limits them because dumb football gets you beat. And it just does. And you can't make it. So that's, you have to get a bunch of guys who have a high football IQ, have to be, you know, be smart players. Second is you got to, in practice, you got to be focused on situational football. And ultimately, it is the players. I'm going to end with the players. The players just can't do stupid stuff. You got to be aware. Trust me, I've done stupid stuff. I remember I jumped off sides at the end of the game on a quarterback sneak. It's stupid, dumbest thing ever. I jumped because the opposing defense yelled, move. Thank goodness it didn't cost us the game. But it was sure damn embarrassing. It was dumb. <laughs> I was in a, it was a dumb play. Um, and so it can happen to anybody. But when it continues to happen, boy, I would be drilling situation of football on the field. Like, hey, listen, we're going to just focus on, you know, okay, it's fourth and less than five, and you're on the punt team. What should you be thinking more than anything? Hold Awareness it. of yeah. watching the ball, not moving to the ball. Yeah. If we're a half click late on fourth and less than five when they're punting, I'm okay with that. You gotta be smart. Like, know the rules. Like, you Are you blaming the coaches? The uh, it's on the coaches and players because you have to drill it, Pete. You have to drill but situational I, football. But whenever a team is sloppy and makes dumb mistakes and commits stupid penalties, I tend to blame it on the coaches. I, it's both. I, 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 now, it starts with coaching. It ends with players. But, you know, you know, having said all that, Tony, you guys were once – you were one of the most penalized teams in the league for a couple of good – couple of years. Did he leave us? I, I just got I'm up here. and walked away. I don't know where he went. I got, I, I'm right here. I went we, to coffee. Um, <laughs> you guys were one of the most penalized teams in the league. Were we? Yeah, for a couple of years you were. Well, I, I, what kind of penalties? Well, I mean, I'd have to go – holding, like – not all penalties are the same. Like I don't mind penalties of aggression. No, you you, you hate dumb penalties, like right. I don't lining up over the center, like lining up over the center on the. That's a dumb penalty. Uh, jumping like, off sides on fourth down play on a punt, a dumb penalty. Uh, slapping a guy in the helmet after a plays over is a dumb penalty. Holding, if a guy's whipping you, not a dumb penalty. It's just bad football. Right, there's differences, and by the way, not all penalties are equal. Those penalties they had yesterday, those two are like your turn. Those are like turnovers because you don't get off the field. Mm-hmm. Right, you're extending, you're giving them another possession. Yeah, like there was a game yesterday, I think, where there was a a personal foul. A guy took a shot at a guy's head, but there was also a illegal procedure. Nothing. <laughs> they kind of, they kind of. That's a good time, and it was on like the two yard line, so it's a good place to get a personal foul. That's a, that's a smart personal foul. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if it happens once in a while, it's just part of the game that happens. But when it's a consistent, then I think you have to look at both what, how you're teaching, what are you teaching, and do you have high IQ football players? Yeah, and and right now they're committing, they're young teams, so they're committing bad penalties. And whether that's on the coaches or the or the well, players, whoever, it's bad penalties. Well, I'll say this: the guys yesterday are not uh, spring chickens anymore. They've been around the league for a minute. Uh, Roy Robertson Harris has been at this for six years now, and on the uh, other part of it, uh, Lerinty McCray's in year seven. So, I mean, here's the thing on Roy Robertson Harris: 
Has he ever blocked a kick in his career? What does he expect to do there? <laughs> it goes back to your theory, Tony. Better to be late than try and be a guy who's going to block a kick when you really, the reality is you're probably not getting there anyways. You're going to be worried in the situation where you're at. First of all, it's a chip shot. They're typically going to get that up so fast. Unless you like the guy falls down and you sprint in there, you're not blocking it anyways. Right. Because, because right. A long field goal, maybe you, maybe you get away with that because it's low. It takes a little while. I mean, if it's a game winner, let's say it's the end of the game, you like, might try to press the envelope to see if you can get away with something because you have to block it. If you don't, it's over. Yeah. Okay, I get that. And then who was the who was the offsides on on the on the Laurenti McRae. Can't happen. He's been around. He's been on special teams long enough mm-hmm. that that can't happen. That's on him. He's been a special teams player almost exclusively his whole career. So yeah, yeah that's on him. I mean, look, that and you that's can't awareness. Happen. Fourth and less than five. And by the way. I put this on coaching if they didn't do it. You have to tell your players going out there, hey, it's less than five, watch the ball. We're going to put a return on. Don't worry about getting the jump. Like, whatever you have to say. Like, you have to prep your guys that they know the situation they're walking into. Yeah, it's just – okay, but it's amazing. I mean, even around the league, these, these dumb penalties. Like, you saw the game last night. Our, John Harbaugh is a special teams – Coach and he had the. Did you see what he did? A couple different mistakes. Then the no. Browns made a couple different ones, uh, and they had twelve men on the field twice in a row. By the way, they they did it. They did it. No way. They, they pulled did. a jack. Yes, they did. Really? Yeah, they did. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's embarrassing. Got a timeout, then had twelve men on the next play. Well, there you go. That's embarrassing. There you go. So there you have it. That was Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Social media questions when we return. Yes. Your favorite. We'll get them. We got plenty. A lot to talk about after a Jaguars loss to the Atlanta Falcons, 21-14. And a Jaguars happy hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli, Pete Prisco. After a Jaguars loss to the Atlanta Falcons, three in a row now for the Jags. They'll head to Los Angeles this Sunday. Actually leaving Friday, but they'll play Sunday to face the Los Angeles Rams. The game got uh, moved down to from 425 to 405. So uh, there you have it. That'll come up this coming Sunday. Tony, then they're off to Tennessee. Tony, yeah. remember in 1999 when you guys played at, at the Falcons in Atlanta and you guys all kept your shoes from that game because you thought you were going to wear them again when you went back? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> well, I, I don't think this Jaguars team needs to keep their shoes with any chance of going back to play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Why? Why is that so funny, by the way? Why is that that funny? funny? Why is that so funny funny to you? Because it's funny. It's not funny? JP, reality is funny sometimes. You got to laugh when we're we're actually explaining what's going on and how bad this team is. Gallows humor. I know you get mad. You get mad. You get mad. Me and Tony are sitting here laughing. And we can look at the disdain on your face. But no, I just like, you get so, that's the happiest you've been is when you said, ah, they're not going to the Super Bowl in L.A. Wasn't that (laughs) the happiest I was when I called him a figurehead? (laughs) (laughs) That that term, that term's going to live around the town now, figurehead. Mm. Well, 
I'll say this. I'll be happy when they are competing for Super Bowl, hopefully one day in the future. Well, they got the quarterback to do it. They just got to do it around them. Don't ruin them. You went on that rant last week, and you were 100% spot on. Well, we'll see what they do. Right your, now, rants not- are, your rants are 100% accurate, and they're just a little bit nicer than mine. <laughs> Point. You you were on a roll earlier tonight, Pete, for sure. Hey, let's uh, let's get to social questions. We put the bat signal out earlier today. Here's the best we've come up with. With question number one, at Mason Evans twelve, do you think we can score twenty points in any of our remaining six games? And dare I ask, do we win any of the final six? Um, I think it'll be a struggle. Um, I think it will be a struggle to score twenty this week. I think it'll be a struggle to score 20 on the road in Tennessee. I think we can score 20 against Houston. <laughs> See, there's that evil laugh think, again, Tony. There it is. And, and I mean, I think we will, they can. Will you lock it? I think 20. I, I told you I'm not locking things anymore because they never work out. Um, I think we will win one or both of the following games. Houston and New York. I think those are our chances to win games again this year. More likely to win two or more likely to win none? I'd rather not answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Going into this, I would, I, by the way, I picked Jacksonville in my picks. I thought they would win this week. I would have said they would beat Houston at home. And then, but then I don't know if that's the case anymore. They're two bad teams, but I don't know if that's the case. With Houston having Tyrod Taylor, who's the better team? Probably the Texans. Wow. Wow. And the Jets just beat them, by the way. Yeah, that's right. At their place. That's right. One thing about the Jets, they're flying around. They're flying around a little bit. They still play their guy. Oh, Quincy Williams had a really nice sack yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> there's a guy who can run look at jp he's got that, yeah. look. He's got that next look. question let's move along shall we uh question two yeah, on social go, media JP. at jag 28 fan can we hire an illegal procedures coach because we got to be pushing the nfl record what is an illegal procedure coach i don't even know what that means it's a coach that actually teaches his team how to play. And it's not a called a legal procedure coach. It's called a head coach. Oh, it's it on you. All the coaches, all the offense. It's mostly on the, but it's ultimately the head coach is responsible for all of it. Let's be real. Well, that's, that's the shocking thing. With some of the, I mean, we covered this earlier with the question. Some of the answers Irving gives sometimes, like, I don't know. Good question. I don't know. Or I don't know why James Robinson was in, or whatever the scenario is. We've had a couple of these over the last several weeks, maybe more than a couple. Like any or every head coach I've ever been around, like they like, even if they don't know, they I mean, you know, like you're the head coach. It's ultimately your responsibility, right? Am I missing that, Pete? I mean, no, no, you're one. It's all it's all his responsibility. And here's the thing that I don't get: if I'm the head coach, I want to know. I want to know it all. I want to know every bit of it. If if James Robinson isn't playing 16 straight plays, I want to know why. Who's making that decision? And if you're making that decision, I'm overruling you. Get him back on the field. I want to know. I want to know. Or That's why maybe he knows and doesn't want to say. 
Is there that? Doesn't want to say what, JP? Like the maybe he just doesn't. Maybe he knows and is not comfortable spilling it out on a mic. I don't know. Maybe I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, believe me, I covered the coach of all of them that never wanted to spill it out on the mic. And when it came to talking football, he spilled it out on the mic. Yeah. Right. He always spilled it out on the mic. That, you know, it's just like Belichick. Belichick doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. But you ask Belichick football questions, and he's going to answer them. You've, you've, right, Tony? You've paid attention to that. When Bill Belichick talks football, he answers the questions. He doesn't want to get into a lot of the minutiae. Of the, well, the I, it, it, this is what Bill Belichick does. If he didn't want to answer that question, like, what's the problem with the offense? This is how you answer We're not playing very well right now. Right. That's it. He would never say, I don't know. No. Because you know. You're supposed to know. I'm not saying you have to tell us, but you can't say, I don't know. It doesn't send confidence to anybody. No. Like your best player. And he said that. That's not not the first time he said that either. That's right. No. That's right. Next question. Social media on fire today for Jaguars Happy Hour at iRacerDaniel26. Prisco... You are given the keys to the franchise. How would you fix it? Oh dear. Um, you don't. You don't really want to know, do you? Mm. <laughs> well, they they did ask the question, dummy. Yes, they want to know. Okay. Uh, after the season, I'd call in the head coach and I'd try and work out a settlement. <laughs> Got it. I'm honest. Uh, look. Yeah. yeah. I'd work. I'd say, hey, you know, we owe you X amount. We'll give you Y, and we're going to move on. And if he said no, I'd say, well, then you got to fire your whole offensive staff. All of them. See ya. And then if he wouldn't fire his offensive staff, then I'll fire him and eat the money. And then I'm going to go out and get the fastest guys I can on the outside to help that quarterback. I'm going to hire an offensive coach who will put in a system that can work with that quarterback. Whether Maybe he wants to put – maybe you put the Shanahan system in. You put that run game in and let him throw off it because he can move. He could do that. I'd find a tight end somewhere. I'd get myself another pass rusher. And I would draft a lot better than they drafted last year. Anything else you want? Uh, I think you're crystal clear there. I think that's, uh, yeah, crystal. Crystal. Next question, social media, moving along. At Mark JP, Law. So, hold on, JP. Why do you sound so miserable tonight? Social media, moving on. I'm Eeyore. Because we're two and nine, Tony. Two and nine. Two and nine. Because you and you are killing them. That's why. (laughs) Two and nine. Tony, Tony. This is entertainment. You're supposed to get people jacked up. Let's go, JP. I'm trying. for his Monday Night Football intro. Yeah, that'll be a good one. At Mark Law 0113. The balance of this season is about developing the long-term roster, in my opinion. Players projecting on the next roster improving is greater than wins. Agree or disagree? I want to see Little with left tackle rep, Cisco starting, and Tefeli and Jordan Smith, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Jordan Smith hasn't been active this year, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Tefeli has Tefeli, Tefule, yeah, Tefeli. Tefeli um, has a broken hand or something. Yeah, right, he's, on, he's on it's IR designated to return, though. He's that window yeah, he's has started hurt. for him. Cisco, Cisco can't beat out Wingard. Walker it's, Little is not tells as you all you need to as, know. Walker Little is not as good as Cam Robinson. Um, 
Like, so what, like, if you look at development this year of young players, like Tyson Campbell, thumbs up. Like, he's their he best rookie right now. He's the, he's, the, he's the best rookie, and it's not close, other than, well, Trevor Lawrence should be the best rookie, but the guy who's playing better right now, Tyson Campbell's playing better. Okay, but Trevor Lawrence, it's important. You're right. Let's see the development keep going. Okay, right. but what are their, like, give me another rookie. Like, what young player are you, like? Right, who should be playing? Who should be playing? Like, who, who should be playing that's not out there? I don't see it. So, again, bad draft. Next question. I, I <laughs> As of right now, it's a bad draft. Yeah. It's Particularly really when you go back and look at it's who they could have taken. Yeah. Who could they have taken? A wide receiver with speed instead of the running back. <laughs> a pass rusher instead of the running back. Walker Little, you could have drafted speed there in that spot instead of a backup left tackle. I mean, there's a lot of things they could have drafted, Tony. But you can't say it's a bad draft this early, Pete. It takes three years. To go it is. I get it. I grade them in three years. Okay, but three years from now, give me – what do you think the grade for that draft will be? Because you can get an idea. Lawrence will a be plus. an A-plus. Lawrence a will be plus. an A-plus. Guess what? If he's an A-plus, the whole draft class is an A-plus. It's all matters. But you still need to supplement the guys around them. You have three picks. If he is an A-plus, that's all that matters. Well, then, then we could have conducted the draft. I don't disagree with that. I think I can draft better than everybody every year. So, what is, so what, how's that going to change? Yeah. So do I. I think we we do that on some shows in the off season. Let's. Uh, move oh no, on. we're going to get to it before the off season this year. Great. Uh, at free indeed, Mike D. Uh, why do I tune in every week expecting a good game only to be let down? Fair question. I can't answer it. Well, he's a fan. Good question. Are. They're optimistic. Good question. I don't know. He's optimistic. He's hopeful. But then we get Monday night and we're the reality. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we bring him back down to earth in a hurry after the Jaguars bring him back down to earth on Sunday. Give me hope. Give me something. What do I, what they, they want to know. What, what should we be thankful for as we move forward? Uh, your team stinks. How about that? <laughs> I mean, is there any, Pete, at two and nine, six games left. Is there anything that gives you hope for the rest of this year? On the quarterback team? does. The quarterback does. Yeah, I agree with that. But will they win another game? One. I have lock them, it. I still, I still, I still have them sweeping the AFC East. That doesn't look so good anymore after New England. But you really like them over New England, JP? Still, no, I think you no, want to yeah, take that I think one back. I think I'm gonna, I'd like to you find the key. And, I'm going to find the key and unlock that lock. I believe, especially uh, since New England will be playing for the number one seed that week. Yes, yeah, exactly. Next question: Social media. We got a couple left here. At Aaron Spencer two three. How is Jawan Taylor still getting reps? Hey, look, I've been his biggest critic, and I thought he was actually decent yesterday. Not not decent. He wasn't. He was okay. He was solid yesterday. One bad play. Had the holding penalty. He got called for the holding penalty on the on the run play. Um, so, but outside of Walker Little, and I, I mean, and early at least I heard he wasn't comfortable at right tackle. Maybe that's changed. Who else are you going to put out there instead of him? Will Richardson. But he was Tony. When you watch the tape, you'll look and see he was actually better yesterday. I thought. 
overall this season, he has not taken the step forward that oh. expected him to take, take and, last and, year. And in talking to people around the team, and you know this, it's surprising because he works at it. He's a great kid. He loves football. So what happened? What happened? Because he, as a rookie, he looked like he was going to be a pro bowler for a long time. What happened? Hopefully he figures it out. Maybe yesterday was the start of the ascension to the top of the hill. Yeah. I Look, Barch had a bad day yesterday, particularly oh. with Grady Jeff. What do you think Aaron Donald, when Aaron Donald turns on this uh, tape and sees what Grady Jackson's doing, where do you think he'll line up the majority of the game? Right over Van Barch. Yep. <laughs> it's Fine. coming. Yep, here it comes. Uh, Sunday, 405 Eastern. One more question on social media today. At Zach Bierman, I know Tony is against draft talk, so Pete, should the Jags draft Evan Neal and franchise tag Cam Robinson? No. No, no, no. Um, I look. Evan Neal's a good player. The draft. Who's Evan draft, Neal? He's Left a, tackle, a Alabama. tackle from Alabama. Yeah. He's a big physical guy, but no, not in that spot. Uh, they got it. They have. To, you could have Evan Neal in there, and you have slow receivers. It's not going to matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, Pete. At what point? And we're going to have a. We're going to. We have to agree as a group. Me, you, and JP all have to agree on this. Mm. What, how many losses do they have to have in the loss column before we start talking about – they have nine right now before we just officially do a draft segment every Monday night. Here's my thought on it. I think it's when the Jaguars are officially eliminated. Okay. With that. So next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. That's good. That's when we start. I, I was going to say no sooner than 12 losses. Well, they'll be eliminated before 12 losses. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to push it off. No. JP, JP, I second your suggestion. Two to one when they're eliminated. We start doing a draft cycle. That's fair. I mean, we I do have, that every I year. Have two, I, have two, I have two and a half votes, though. What, because you're in the pride? I mean, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. Or because you got – because you're because like you did your whole life, you bullied everybody. <laughs> Biggest guy bullies. Is that it? Biggest, ugliest Stop. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Ugliest. Have you looked in the mirror, JP? <laughs> yeah, I have. Look at me. Jeez, JP. Yeah, hey. You went with ugly? Ugly. I went with bully. I thought that was bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like it, though. We'll do that. When they're eliminated, we can do it. We'll, once they're eliminated, we do a full segment on Draft Talk. I'll do my homework. I'll go study players, oh. and we'll do a segment on it. I know you and will, maybe, And if they get to 14 losses... Then we're going to do a mock draft one week. No, we're no, not. no, no. We 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 veto that. Not no, happening. No, we can do. We won't do a full mock draft, but we can do like where they're going to pick in each round and try and guess who they could pick in each round. We could do that. We'll just do a Jaguar mock draft, a seven round draft. Yes, mock draft. that we can. That we can do, and then we'll look at it. And we'll go okay, and then we'll compare it to what they actually do next uh, April, and we'll go. Hey, ours was way better. <laughs> Let's come back. Thanks for the social media questions tonight. Appreciate all the submissions on Twitter today. It was lively, of course, after Jaguars lost to the Falcons. We'll come back and go around the NFL. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon after Jaguars lost to the Atlanta Falcons. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Frisco, and Tony Baselli. Let's go around the National Football League and start off on Thanksgiving. Bears over the Lions, 16-14. The Lions lioned again. And uh, they are 0-10-1 now. The Raiders over the Cowboys in a wild game. Late fourth quarter, Dak Prescott was making some throws. Big time. Dave Posh with the call on Westwood 1. Cowboys going up tempo here with three minutes to go. Second down and 10 at the 33-yard line of the Cowboys. Trips right. Shotgun snap. Straight drop. Prescott looking. Fires deep middle. Got a man. It's caught inside the five and into the end zone for a touchdown. Dalton Schultz. What a throw again by Prescott. 32 yards, and the Cowboys will go for two, trying to tie the game with 2.54 to go. Yeah, he was throwing darts all over the field in the fourth quarter, but the Raiders go to overtime and win the game, Pete. Yeah, and and kudos to them because they were in trouble. They had been reeling a couple losses. They kind of turned it around, and Derek Carr played well. That's a bad look for the Cowboys' defense. They were awful the other day. Awful. And Pete, by the way, they lost three straight the Raiders. Three straight, yeah. Oof. What did I say, two? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, the Bills over the Saints. Big win for the Bills, 31-6, the final score. And then on to Sunday, the Bengals. Joe Burrow with a touchdown pass to T. Higgins in the early third quarter. And Dan Horde on Cincinnati's ESPN 1530 and the Bengals Radio Network. Burrow catches a shotgun snap, five-step drop. It's going to float it for the end zone, and T. Higgins, he goes up. He's got it. T. Higgins wins the battle for the football as he took it away from James Pierre. Touchdown, Cincinnati. 41-10, they blasted the Steelers, Pete. Yeah, and... The Bengals are one of those teams, and Tony knows these kind of teams because I think he was on one at one point, where the young guys start growing up and getting better, and they start believing in themselves. And next thing you know, that's a good football team. And I think the Bengals are one of those teams that, remember, they went to the Las Vegas last week and beat the Raiders at their place and handled them. And we thought, okay, well, the Raiders are really, but then the Raiders go beat the Cowboys. I, I think the, the Bengals are getting it right. Their schedule's brutal, though. If they get in the postseason, they're going to earn it. Well, when you say it's brutal, who they have left? I mean, I'll read it to Ravens, you in a second. But I, I the, the Ravens aren't playing exactly great football right now. Let's be clear of that. So here's the Bengals schedule the, the, the rest of the way. The they, Browns. Read it. Read it, JP. Home against the Chargers. Home against the Niners. Huh. At the huh. Broncos. Home huh. against the Ravens. Home against the huh. Chiefs. At the Browns. They'll have earned it if they make the postseason. Tony was ready to argue with me. He was Uh ready to argue with me, and then he just had to sit there and he growls. Wow. (laughs) The look on your face was like, oh, my God. (laughs) That's rough. Murders murders row. It really is. Yeah, they'll have earned it if they get in. really is. Um, Jets over the Texans, 21-14. The Buccaneers rallied against the Colts. Our friend Leonard Fournette had four total touchdowns, including this one to take the lead for good. Gene Deckerhoff on the Buccaneers Radio Network. Here's the snap. Brady hands the ball off, running to the left. Is Fournette inside the 25. Stiff arm to the 20. On his feet to the 15, 10. 5-3-2-1. Touchdown, Leonard Fournette. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whoa, is that the dagger? I hope so with 20 seconds left. 38-31, the Colts uh, blew it. 
you know, it's funny, all these stories about Leonard Fournette. Oh, he's changed. You know, look, look, bottom line is he didn't do what he had to do in Jacksonville. That's why he wasn't there. When he went to Tampa, Bruce Arians told him, you either straighten up or you're getting cut. He straightened up. And now he's a different player. He, he still runs in the piles. Look, he's still a decent back. He's not a great back. Uh, but give him kudos. He had four touchdowns on Sunday. How many yards rushing did he have this year? He had 100 in that game. Yeah, he's had a he's had a solid year. I'm pulling it up as we speak for Leonard. But what's Fournette. his yards per carry average? That's I've got you. So he's got 139 carries, 621 yards, four and a half per carry, and now seven touchdowns rushing. Not bad. That's no, not bad. Again, goes back to your theory on the offensive line, Tony. That helps. Yeah, and I think he's he's in the right position. I mean, he's surrounded by a great. Is obviously one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He has great receivers around him, great tight end, and really good um, offensive line. I think Leonard Fournette's in the perfect situation because he doesn't have to be the star of the team. He's just a piece. Of, right. He's a cog in the wheel. And and he and, and he doesn't really have to make anybody miss because he doesn't. He just they get good holes and he pops through. Period. Dolphins are playing better. They got a win over the Panthers, thirty-three ten. The Patriots. Are climbing to the top of the AFC. Mac Jones goes over 300 yards, two touchdowns, both to Kendrick Bourne, including this one late in the third quarter. Bob Sosi on the 98.5 Sports Hub Patriots Radio Network. Now Jones works from the gun on a third down and six from the Tennessee 41. Ball splits the hash marks in a two-by-two set. Jones is back in the pocket, throws down the middle, caught by Bourne, running room to the outside Ooh. as he carries to the 30. Oh, nice down the sideline. It's what a Away from a defender into the end zone. Touchdown. to run after the catch. Touchdown, Patriots. What a play. Mac Jones playing well, Pete. He's really he's accurate. He's smart. He knows where to go with the football. And Tony made made the great point. You know, they make it easy on him and they know how to run the ball and they make it really easy on him on how they get guys open. One thing I'd like to know. And I, I wasn't there when this was going on, but. Did anybody in Jacksonville think why well, was there? But I don't remember. Did anybody in Jacksonville think Mac Jones when he was at Bowles would be this good? They ran the wing T, didn't they? I know. <laughs> the answer is no. Pete. No, no. Was he when, when Alabama recruited him? Was he a big recruit or no? It wasn't that? No. 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 Yeah. He deserves a lot of credit for what he's made himself into. Giants over the Eagles, thirteen-seven. The Broncos beat the Chargers. The Packers over the Rams and another loss for L.A. The 49ers beat the Vikings, and then last night. The Ravens over the Browns. This was 6-3 at halftime and a turnover fest. Lamar Jackson, though, in the early third made something happen for the game's first touchdown. Tom McCarthy on Westwood One. Jackson takes the snap. Pressure's coming. Cloudy almost got it. He's rolling back to the 35-yard line. Throws as he's hit. He throws to the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Ravens. Middle of the field of Mark Andrews, who came back to make the touchdown reception. It's a 13-yard touchdown officially, but it was about a 37-yard pass from Lamar Jackson. Ugly ball game, Pete, but the Ravens outlasted him. He threw four interceptions in that game, and you would have thought he was the greatest quarterback in the world last night, the way Collinsworth was talking about him. My God. Three, Can't be three stopped. He, yeah, he goes, you can't be stopped. You can't stop him. He threw four interceptions. They stopped, they stopped him plenty. <laughs> that was a bad football game, though, overall. 
They haven't played. You know, the Ravens are the number one seed in the AFC right now. They lost to the Dolphins, barely beat the Bears, and then they barely squeaked out by the Browns at home last night. So there's our look around the NFL in Week 12. One more game on Monday Night Football. A terrible matchup in the NFC. The Seattle Seahawks at 3-7 and seven have lost five of the last six games. They're headed to FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland to face the Washington football team. They've actually won back-to-back games after starting 2-6. and six. Tony, you're on the game tonight. Who you got? I'm actually not on the game. You're not on the game tonight. Where are no. you? Uh, I'm working, uh, doing other work, oh. uh, non-football work. Never mind. Uh, but it is yeah, because I was football. wondering why you were in the hotel. Why you were in the hotel if you were doing the game? You would have been at the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Plus that, plus especially that stadium because it takes five days. To yeah, get there. terrible. Um, the, uh, you know what's depressing? Not only it's not a very good game, so I probably won't even watch it tonight. Um, is the Seahawks have lost five out of six. You know the one win they have. Yeah, over Jacksonville. Yeah, that's all. That's all. Uh, I think Washington. I think Washington. I think Heineke outplays Wilson tonight. You watch Heineke. They're going to win the game. Is Pete Carroll done after this season? Do you think he's done because he wants to be done, or he's done because he gets to boot? I don't think they boot him. You can't boot him after for one no, bad year. I don't think so. I think you think he retires. He's probably, looking, he's probably looking at himself saying, hey, wait a second. They're paying $110 million to Lincoln Riley. I could have gone bad to USC. Oh, <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Pete Frisco out of here. Tony Vaselli out of here. Joe Fortunato on the audio. Brent Reaver uh, and crew on the video. We appreciate you watching and listening tonight as well. For our entire crew, I'm J.P. Shadrick. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.